What's up, guys? Here with you, FC Wonder Kid, episode 129. Here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, Alex. There is so much to talk about, so I don't even want to say hi or ask you how you're doing because it is that packed. We've got <laughs> the Golden Boy, we've got Ballon d'Or, we've got the Premier League, Manchester Derby, we've got El Clasico. I mean, there's just way too much uh, here. And I, I think last week we went a little bit over. Um, so, you know, we don't want to keep people here all night, but we, we, we might. We might. I'm excited. <laughs> There's so much to talk about. But I, I do have to ask you, because it's been 128 episodes previous to this, asking you, you doing okay? Or you finally give in to uh, football coma here? <laughs> this was one of the best weekends in terms of watching football, okay? I was shook mm -hmm. with the amount of games that we managed to see. There was even an outer sports World Cup final of rugby. That was nice, too. So, but the football, that was indeed didn't disappoint. But don't forget to like this video to watch every single podcast weekly and to say to us that you are enjoying the content but yes la liga title race the el clasico what a bold match it was and once again the legacy of jude bellingham was in full display in el clasico a remontada with the signature of jb5 that vinicius jr commented jb5 equals cr7 right that is a bold take by vini but he saw it Legacy, yeah. Galactico, that, that's the stardom, Jude Bellingham right yeah. now, with that celebration, okay? The, Ronaldo's got the C, but Jude Bellingham now has his own iconic celebration too. And 13 games, 13 goals, 3 assists, that is 100 million, making 100 million be a bargain right now. Yeah. The best English player in the world, and that is a big statement, uh, yeah. trust me, because who is he against? We're going to mention uh, more yeah. in the podcast ahead, people. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, a good day for English players abroad. Or a good weekend, I should say, for English players abroad. Uh, but I'm going to say it, uh, what everyone's thinking here. Uh, Barcelona, for the majority of the game, was the better team. They absolutely were the better team. Um, and I, while Jude Bellingham was the difference maker with the two goals... Um, I, I got to hand it to Ancelotti uh, for bringing on Modric, for bringing on um, Kamavinga uh, when it looked like uh, Farlan Mendy was getting burnt down that left side. Uh, so <laughs> some really, really good uh, kind of momentum shifting uh, moments in this game. But it was a it was a game of 65 minutes that Barcelona won mm -hmm. and a game of 25 minutes that Jude Bellingham. <laughs> it's, uh, true. Uh, but it's, it's true and with Ancelotti uh, I'm gonna kind of agree with you because I do agree okay. that Kamavinga coming on and Modric coming on changed the game but I think Mendy shouldn't start when Kamavinga is available even on the bench round okay Kamavinga should have started from the start and the Luka Modric substitute was the most yeah. important moment in the El Clasico for Real Madrid I totally agree with what you're saying and Jude Bellingham this season it's gonna be the last dance of Toni Kroos and Luka Luka Modric and Jude Bellingham has already equaled the tally, the best tally in terms of goals of Zidane. And it's October right now. Okay, he's learning from the best and that's what I'm so hyped about. Jude Bellingham yeah. grabbed the game. And you said it, Barca was dominant. Barca had the, major the majority of the game, they had control of the game. I agree with what you said. But what Barca didn't have was the lethal ca capacity to finish the game. You, Ferran Torres, Lewandowski, like they didn't appear when they needed most. And the most important player 
of Barcelona, or definitely top three, is Gavi. That was a masterclass yes. that we managed to see. Jess Bellingham, masterclass, galactico moment with those two goals. But Gavi turned up and the, the world was watching, okay? World-class generational talent coming with Gavi. I wouldn't be surprised if he was captain a game this season already. Yeah. 19. Oh, and you you could see it in his face after uh, when he was saluting the fans. Um, it, it was it was almost tough to watch. I mean, this is a 19-year-old mm -hmm. kid uh, that wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, and uh, he was on the verge of tears uh, because he felt, just like Ilke Gundogan said in his post-game comments, he felt like this was a tough one to drop. They should have won this. And Alex, this is not exactly surprising. I, I don't know if you've gone back and looked at the history, but in all competitions, Barcelona have lost five of the last six El Clasicos in Barcelona. Five of the last. And Barcelona six. were unbeaten 13 games before this one. Uh, 13 it's, it's, it's games. It's the boogie man effect. It's the boogeyman it effect, it and it's yeah. when it has to happen, it happens with Real Madrid. And in this game, there was an interesting fun fact that in this El Clasico, it was the ninth El Clasico of Gavi, and we had the youngest player ever to play in El Clasico, Lamina Mal, 16 years and 107 days, and we had two, the oldest player too, to play in an El Clasico with Luka Modric at Real Madrid with 38 years old and 47 days. That was the most important I mean substitute in that game no doubt and changed the course of it and Real Madrid wow. noticed that Real Madrid now Jude Bellingham Vinicius Jr. Chouameni Kamavinga they are starting to bond with each other on and off the pitch you can see the chemistry going up and that's what you need a happy group and a group that is willing to build the foundations to win a Champions League and that's what they're doing that's what they're doing with Ancelotti, with Xabi Alonso, with whoever. Jude Bellingham, Vinicius, Rodrigo, Camavinga. They all want to win and make history yeah. with this team. Okay, so Los Blancos, phew, they're looking scary for the future, Bretton. They, they are because Ancelotti still does not see Jude Bellingham as a goal scorer. <laughs> an out-and-out -out goal scorer, and I, I, I would uh, have to agree made. with him. I mean, he's he's already surpassed, I believe. Uh, I might be wrong about this. I did not verify this, but he might have already surpassed uh, his goal total for Dortmund, right? For Dortmund, right? In one, what, in 13 games, he's done this. Um, but when it comes, when we're looking outside... Mm. Uh, at the El Clasico, or mm -hmm. El Clasico. That's redundant to say the El Clasico. Um, you need figures to step up. And you mm -hmm. mentioned the boogeyman effect, right? Uh, and Jude Bellingham just stepped up to perpetuate that, to continue that on, because there has not been a Remontada Clasico win in over 35 years. Ooh. And Jude Bellingham was just the reason that happened. He just reset that clock. Okay, and to have a person like that on your team, um, obviously that's immense. It's immense even for one of the biggest clubs, if not the biggest club in the world in stature. Uh, and you you look at it and you say, if you can get Jude Bellingham and you can get Vinicius Jr. and you can get Rodrigo back into the swing of things uh, and you can find a strike. I mean, you already mentioned it. You've already said it. Real Madrid's future is just insanely bright. It might blind you. Um, <laughs> and you can say the same thing on the other side. But if if the boogeyman is Real Madrid um, and Barca was still able to win La Liga next season, but the next site is 
is obviously Champions League, um, then they're gonna get they're gonna have to get over this. They're gonna have to figure a way to get this done, and uh, no better way to do that than come back out in El Clasico and beat them at the Bernabeu. It's true. Um, it's true. And you're mentioning game. this this insanely bright future <laughs> that has shined so yeah. much. Then, and it's true. And if Real Madrid, with all that they have for the future, with Valverde, Camavinga, Chuameni, Rodrigo, Vinicius, and they still mm -hmm. get Xabi Alonso, Ch uh, Alfonso Davies, Kylian Mbappe, they're they're the best team in the world. Like Man City, yeah. for the pieces they have, they still cannot beat a team like Real Madrid if they manage to assemble these unreal transfers. Uh, so let's wait and see if that happens. But in La Liga, we still have other people to mention because the La Liga title race is involving other teams. And I did go and see Befica Real Sociedad, and that was a, such a good team, okay? Real, Sociedad, Real Sociedad's midfield is super underrated, and I'm going to say it's top 10 mm -hmm. in the world right now in form. Zubi Mendy, Braiz Mendes, and Michael Merino. Bold statement, Michael Merino is the best replacement that Rodri can have at Man City. Calvin Phillips ain't enough, and Merino would understand what Guardiola would need. That is an un- the rated CDM right there. Okay, I really wanted yeah. to give the yeah. shout out to Real Sociedad because La Liga yeah. they did, they did draw this 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 weekend, but they're balling out. They did. They're they did. They were losing at one point. They actually came. They fought back. And uh, Mikel Oyarzabal, uh, 26 years old, and he's their captain as well. Uh, he's starting to heat up. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it this run can go uh, continue to go. But then again, Real Sociedad has been in what the top five, top four the last couple seasons or maybe even three or four seasons it's been pretty routine that real sociedad is up there and what is it going to take um to take that next step and um i i don't know the answer to that i'd love to hear what other people think but i love that you were mentioning Mikel marino because once upon a time mm -hmm. he was at the tyne he was at newcastle <laughs> newcastle yeah, he was true. <laughs> he was at newcastle it didn't work out i think injuries derailed him but he was incredibly promising heading over there and who knows maybe one day he might actually be back there uh give a little more of a spanish flair or, uh spanish with portuguese flair brazilian flair Trust. in the midfield uh at newcastle but yeah i love that you mentioned that uh, on top of the fact that oyarzabal and takafusa kuba uh mm. takafusa kuba is already one of the best players in La Liga, um, in terms of a lot of analytics, a lot of chances created, all that good stuff. Long may it continue, but above them in the table and sitting on top at one point um, for a long period of time was Hirona. And I think that they deserve a, a whole lot of credit because it's continuing. Alex, they're winning the games that generally they would drop. Right, they're winning the games against teams that I guess you look at it and 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 you say on paper that they're I don't know they're even, but a lot of these Hirona players have taken a massive step up, and the, the biggest part of this Hirona team, which I believe is uh, not it's nine wins in eleven, Oof. one loss only, and that only loss was to Barcelona's boogeyman, and that's Real Madrid, right? <sighs> So they, the best part of their team uh, is Savio. their flanks. They have <laughs> their flank. Well, it is Savia, absolutely. But I actually think their fullbacks, young fullbacks, are, are a lot of fun to watch. Now, they've been using Jan Kuto, mm -hmm. City Football Group. Um, they've been Was using Jan Kuto yeah. as a winger and as a fullback. Yep. Uh, he has had a very good last month plus. Um, but they also have Miguel Gutierrez and uh, Arno Martinez oh, on either side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the average age of those three are 21 years old. And Savio, 
Uh, has he even broken 20 yet? Is he 20 now? No, I think he is. I think um, he's, no? no, I think he, or he's just broken to 20. But no, jeez, okay. that's so young. <laughs> that's so, and it they is. sold Pedro Porro to Sporting in the past. Like, mm-hmm. oh my days, man. And young Cotu by Miguel Gutierrez was one of the best young fullbacks from La Fabrica in the past two years. So they managed yes. to take the risk. <laughs> they did. And and their midfielder, their their playmaker this year, we saw him do it for a brief period last year too, uh, was actually in Manchester City's football system. Not surprising because this is a city football group club. Uh, but it is Alex Garcia. Um, and, uh, I mean, he's got six goal involvements this season, and he's up there with chances created per game with the best of them in La Liga. So um, I'm not saying that Hirona can keep this going, uh, but considering how awesome and homey and, like, on top of the field uh, and the atmospheric um, their town is, their city is, and how proud they are, I really, really, really want to root for this underdog. That's I want to nice. see them go pretty far this season. Um, and it'd be great to see them maybe even get a win over Barca at some point, considering <laughs> they're right down the road from each other. I don't know if it'll happen, but D- you got to love it. Castellano score like four goals against Real Madrid last season? He so did. that he did, did happen. So yeah. we, we might as well see something happen like that this season. And my last venture mm-hmm. with La Liga is I want to give a bit of love to one of the best, uh, one of the most underrated transfers that happened this summer was free agent Ishko landing at Real Betis. Okay, five mm. goal involvements and seven man of the match awards for Ishko in these past few games. And Real Betis are a top eight team in La Liga because of this legend. He's been constantly underrated because, yes, he didn't play a lot of years at Real Madrid, but he is a baller. Okay, he's dealt with the yep. best in the world, and that's the routine. Okay, still in New- La Liga. It's it's good to see New players least. like that. New- yeah, new lease on life there. It's, it's true. It's great to see him. And you mentioned out. with yeah, Oyarzabal. Oyarzabal played mm-hmm. winger and striker. He played striker against mm-hmm. Benfica. I was just, I was, I really wanted to mention that. And what, when I watched mm-hmm. Real Sociedad Benfica too, I witnessed Takefusa Kubu. Takefusa Kubu. If it's not going back to Real Madrid, it's going somewhere that he's going to be one of the best wingers in the world. Left-footed. He is so special, people. Okay, A team like Liverpool without Salah. A team like City, Arsenal, all in the need of a winger. Kubu is that guy. Okay, He's the leader of Japan next to Mitoma. And he's the leader for me, Kubu. Unreal player. and and for those that are not aware, I, I know Alex probably doesn't want to to bring this back up again. But um, Real Sociedad midweek um, were able to go to the Estadio de Luz exactly uh, and, and get and get a win. Um, and that's shocking because yeah, when you think of the Estadio de Luz, you think of it as a fortress. And you know, there's some been some weird things happening with Benfica at the Estadio de Luz, especially in the Champions League. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm sure it'll snap back to being a fortress soon enough. Um, and you know, know, they're, the still, they're still in it. Because they, they pl- they've played Red Bull Salzburg, Real Sociedad, but they still haven't played Inter at home. They're in the same group. <laughs> but people, let us know your thoughts about La Liga. Who's going to win La Liga? And some interesting topics, facts down below in the comment section is much appreciated. But Premier League yeah. 2. We had an El Clasico in La Liga, but we had a Manchester derby. Then no surprises once again. We see Man City completely dominating Man United. And this is a Man City with future legacy players like Ruben Dias, Erling Haaland, Julian Alvarez, Phil Foden, 
Rodri, the best CDM in the world, and no Kevin De Bruyne, and they dominate Man United once again. Embarrassing right now what's happening at United, and they must fix, th fix things. No Casemiro in this game. And still, no. Amrabat and McTominay couldn't contain this midfield. Just couldn't. Uh, and then... And yet another game where they don't have a goal from an out-and-out -out striker. Um, mm. we, we are going the whole season waiting for that. And if people have not been paying attention to Manchester United that much, uh, their leading scorer in the Premier League currently is Scott McTominay um, with three. Uh, so it, there's just this massive gaping chasm hey. of talent, of structure, between Manchester City and Manchester United right now. And this is one of the first times... Uh, I, I, that's, that's not true. We've said this previously. Um, I'm lying to myself. I, I'm going to say what I think some of us are thinking, but Eric Ten Hag looks like a deer in the headlights. Mm. I, I don't think he knows what to do. He's got infighting going on. Um, I'm sure there's some sort of vitriolic thoughts about the ownership group as well, which everybody seems to have when you, and when you talk about Manchester United and the Glazers. Um, and you have people on the field where that he speaks through, right? He's got a leadership core, uh, but you add injuries to that. You add um, all sorts of just dumb mistakes, no, things that are I... just not what we're used to. Um, and I just don't understand it. But Manchester City was class. Um, it looked like it was a walk in the park for them. And um, I think the best thing on the day for Manchester United was Andre Onana. So, he made some key saves. And at Copenhagen, too, in the Champions League, that last-minute yep. save gave a lot of hope to Onana and to Maguire, too. I think Maguire is in better form. I completely agree with that. But still, seeing like a Rafael Varane in the, on the bench, it always cringes me out mm. when I saw it, okay, today. I felt really bad seeing that. But with Eric Ten Hag, I agree with you. A lot of pressure is pointed at Eric Ten Hag because Man United don't have a sporting director. It's absolutely crucial to have that to divide the pressure towards the transfers. Man United's biggest yeah. problem by Man United's biggest problem is the pressure with transfers. And the, the right now, the productivity of them is shambolic. I like Winter Hoyland in terms of potential and talent. And in the Champions League, he's looking good. But in the Premier League, zero goals. Anthony, zero goals. Jaden Sancho, zero goals. More than 200 million pounds spent with those three players. Zero. Zero output. And that's what Man United are begging right now. Garnacho should have more minutes too. Rashford's output dropped massively. Why don't we see Garnacho more? That's my doubt. Why not? And he deserves that because he's got that extension too and the trust of the manager. Because he doesn't, I surely doesn't want to see his manager, Eric Ten Hag, go down. Maybe he didn't like and how Cristiano Ronaldo was treated Garnacho, which I would understand yeah. that. It, it, it could be. Uh, but within the first 30 minutes, Alex, uh, mm -hmm. Manchester United had several, you know, outnumberings. They had several uh, great attacking opportunities where if they made the right decisions in that final third, they could have potentially had a goal. Um, but time and time again, the decision making yeah. just kind of shut them down. Mm -hmm. uh, and one time it was Rashford, another time it was Hoyland, uh, another time it was McTominay. Uh, but they they constantly did overload. They forced um, turnovers mm -hmm. in midfield, and they were able to get on there. But then you go back to this statistic that was just mind blowing, and I'm stealing it from the actual um, from the actual uh, commentary <laughs> on it. But within the first half, 
all Premier League season, Manchester United has only led for a total of 29 minutes. Oof. 29 minutes. No dominance from 29 them. 29 minutes. No dominance. Nothing. There's no no coming out of the gates. There's no um no just poor people ahead. It's I don't know I don't know who to put that blame on because I'm uh, not smart enough on to the be leaders. There. You must um, you must put the blame on yeah. the leaders of that locker room. Rashford, Casemiro, big doubts upon them. Lisandro Martinez, Rafael Varane, they should be adding experience to this team. Eriksen. Why right. is Eriksen there? A lot of quality, but a lot of experience too. Those are the doubts yeah. that I have. It's not Rasmus Winterhoyland that I'm going to put fingers on. It's a youngster, no. not Garnacho. So I agree. Good point with that. And what? Ma, look what we said at the start of this Manchester derby. I focused upon the legends that are being established at Man City. You don't get that feeling at Man United because there are no, no. foundations right now. But Rasmus Winterhoyland would have the quality to be one day a legend. Foden has it because he was built upon the right foundations with Pep Guardiola. And going with that, Erling Haaland right now has the same amount of goals in the Premier League as Man United yeah. right now. As Man United right now. Once again, we need to see Winter Hoyland doing better. Rashford doing better. I know he's a winger, but he's a key player for that establishment. That he's a, a legend too. So big doubts yeah. are coming. And Haaland in 45 Premier League games. He's got 47 Premier League goals. Man City right now are favorites to win the Champions League once again. They're favorites to win the Premier League once again. If he gets a European treble... Back to back. That is like one of the best goal scorers ever in the history of football. And he's only 23. Okay. And it's the second season in Man City. Oi, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Learning from the but, best. Guardiola. And I, I just don't know how, how long. Exactly. Guardiola. I, I mean, obviously, that's that's uh, easy to say that that is the biggest difference here. But the discipline, the decision making that has been just drilled into these players, um, you know, Bernardo Silva is going to make that pass uh, that leads to that Erling Holland goal. Mm -hmm. Right. You know that Erling Holland is even though he's got it at a weird, acute angle, you know, he's going to fire it back across because even though there's four Manchester United defenders collapsing on the goal, trying to get in front yes. of Phil Foden. He already knows where Foden is. He puts it right there. It seems easy, but that those that's the type of decision making that's just drilled into them by you know a disciplinarian like uh, Pep Guardiola. And and there's a difference there. And I don't know if Ten Hag's ever going to get there. And maybe this all, does all go back to ownership structure, lack does. of a GM, does, lack mate. of whatever. But the question is, is how do you press flip and reset mm -hmm. and start all over without? not showing up to all of your home games to show the Glazers a lesson, to That's teach true. the Glazers a lesson. I don't know the answer here. I feel for United fans, um, but when it comes down to it, I don't know what gets you better. You need somebody, to be honest, you need somebody like Big Ange in there. Mm -hmm. You need somebody that's all sunshine and rainbows. Even though he's not all sunshine and rainbows, he comes out and he says, I'm going to look for the positivity in this. That's true. Right? That's true. I'm going to find the positivity. I'm going to focus on the positivity, which, you know, it would start with maybe starting Garnacho more. Mm -hmm. That's it. You know, because when I see Garnacho play, that's positive football. That's I true. like to watch Garnacho play. At least give your fans 
that. Intent to kill. That, you can see it with him. Yeah. He wants the one-on-one -on -one yeah. moments. He wants the moments to shine Garnacho. I completely agree with what you're saying. And yes, Eric Ten Hag does look really bad with how the situation's going. But going with what you said about how the structure up top would influence with how they're playing on the pitch. Look at this, Preston. Mm -hmm. Would you imagine Man United right now in the next three years selling a player like Cole Palmer of the academy? A player like that at Man United? They no. don't know. They would no. never do that. Even a James Trafford for 20 million. A player like that in Man United, they would never do that. They would never do those types of sales. Carlos Borges, James Trafford, Cole Palmer, Man City are run the right way, the right structure. They fundamentally respect the player's career, have a career plan for every player they have. And if it's not working out, like John Cancel, they just say goodbye, my friend. Gundogan, if you don't want to sign... Goodbye, my friend. Marez, if you don't want to be here, goodbye, my friend. And Man City always have a solution. And that's what you don't feel at Man United. You don't feel like they have yeah. solutions towards the problems that are multiplying by the week. Yeah. Multiplying. Yeah. So this is, yeah, it's quite sad. But let us know down below if you have solutions towards <laughs> Man United and what's happening. But yes, you mentioned mm. Tottenham, mate. Will Tottenham yes. do the impossible yes. and win the Premier League? And Harry Kane oh. wins it, it with Bayern Munich, but or not. Bayern Leverkusen wins it. But the, the whole point is Tottenham wins with Harry Kane in the first season. That would be historic, yeah. mate. <laughs> oh, that would be historic. And and it, it might also be uh, a little too sunshine and rainbows uh, to bring back that phrase <laughs> that I attached to Big Ange. But uh, you, you got to love what's happening. There and and it is you're playing positive football. You're playing exciting football. Well, you do have rough and tumble in the back with Mickey Van de Ven, and you've got you know Kuti uh, mm -hmm. Romero in there. But every one or almost every one of those transfer targets um, has so far panned out. Um, Son has become a big man without literally having to be the big man every game. Mm -hmm. uh, James Madison is. Uh, flipping revelation okay uh, nine goal involvements he's second in the league in assists and this guy watched his beloved leicester city get relegated last season and let's be honest leicester city is way too good for the championship i think they'll be back up next season Fox. but it is it is very 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 impressive at uh, the cultural shift um what's gonna happen at tottenham at some point is they will get punched in the mouth um, and mm. it, it'll be uh, it'll be an injury. It'll be something, and it's well going to be how do they respond to that? But right now, like Big Ange says, um, enjoy this. Not because we're top of the table, but because these guys are putting everything out on the field. They're playing great, positive football. I enjoy watching it as the coach. I don't have to scream and you know get angry all the time. And I'm putting words in his mouth. Uh, but it is just. A lot of fun to watch. So I don't know the answer to can Spurs win the league because we are only, what, 10 games in? Yeah. Eight We're wins, two well. draws, 10 games. But uh, right now, Spurs fans, you can dream. It's unbeaten right now. Tottenham are unbeaten, and they've faced already some tough matchups, including Arsenal, that are unbeaten yeah. too in the Premier League. But what we what we were saying with Man United, these new references, yeah. these new icons, Big Ange, He's just have one preseason, and we already see new icons at Spurs. Tottenham, Tottenham's new references with Big Ange in one season right now, in October already. It's Son, James Madison, Mickey van der Ven. Romero is seen as one of the best centre-backs in the world. Udogi and Pedro Porro is a great full-back duo, and even Mickey van der Ven 
is with yeah. Romero a great center back duo. That that was the problem. People would mock Eric Dyer, would mock Davinson Sanchez. I don't see hate towards now the defense and even Bisuma. What a work yeah. has been done with Bisuma. Yeah. Okay, Papsar Bisuma. Mm -hmm. So Big Ange has already increased the value of the squad that he's working with too. So that's yeah. what you yeah. need from and a that, manager. And that midfield's only going to get better. And and that's the thing. There's a blend of buying great footballers, but mm -hmm. also buying the intangibles, right? Those that that have that chip on their shoulder that are determined, uh, that will fight for every ball. Um, I, I mean, listen, Richarlison, okay, you can make fun of him all you want in terms of not scoring or hitting the back of the net more often than you think he should, but there's no doubt that he fights for every ball. There's mm -hmm. no doubt that he at least tries and he's part of that and everybody on that team wants to see Richarlison do well. Um, and Harry Kane obviously did, you know, he did embody this to an effect, but there was just always so much attention put on Harry Kane that recentering everything around Song, having mm -hmm. Madison, just you're, you're putting uh, not everything on one person's shoulders. You are spreading all of that expectation, all of that excitement, all of that whatever, mm -hmm. all around. And there are enough people on that team that can take it. And if they have a really, really smart, we'll talk about this in the future, but if they have a really smart winter window, mm -hmm. um, I, I, they, they, re they could go far. But top two, top three, I think, would be just an absolutely wonderful season for Spurs. Again. I think so. I think so. I, I think, think that's realistic. I think top four right now, the, the favorites towards top four is Man City. For me, Man City are favorites towards winning the Premier League. And the top four right now for me is Liverpool, Arsenal, and Tottenham for what they're doing. I think Newcastle is fairly close. But, mate, what Tottenham, they're still unbeaten. And I'm so impressed yeah. with Big Ange. But I mentioned Liverpool. And Liverpool, yeah. they're in the top because they remained with Mo Salah. And Darwin Nunes, look at what Darwin Nunes is doing this season. 13 matches, 7 starts, 6 goals, 4 assists. It's all about confidence. And that duo of Darwin with Mo Salah is one of the best offensive duos to watch in the world right now. I am hyped yeah. and I want to see it more times. So, and in his last six games, too, Darwin has four goals and three assists. Very informed. Very informed now, right now. <laughs> the, absolutely. And obviously, you've mentioned many times on previous uh, podcasts that Dominic Sobislai is one of oh, yeah. the, if not the best signing uh, in Premier League. Madison in and Transfer window. Oh, yeah. I don't think, I don't think you can even argue it, right? between those two uh, the only question is which one is right because <laughs> hey spurs is technically ahead of the reds right now um but uh, and liverpool they're doing what they need to do um which very simply put is beat the teams you're supposed to beat and get up for the massive games that lie ahead uh, oh, uh for them and and klopp is back klopp is back to klopp uh <laughs> which is great to see um but listen you I don't mean. Do you have anything else to say about Liverpool? Well, um, I, think, I, I had think a feeling so. they were going to beat Forest. I, I okay. <laughs> I've got th and something lose. else too. It's Mo Salah. It's uh, Mo yeah. Salah for me. Mo Salah once again consecutively. Every week we see Mo Salah balling out, and Mo Salah right now has 60 goal involvements in his last 64 matches Ooh. for Liverpool. This is a Liverpool legend, maybe the last, the best Liverpool player in this last decade. Okay, that's not a bold statement. I think that could be fudge. And 
He's one of the best wingers in Premier League history too. So the fact that yeah. he stayed, yeah. the fact that he loves this club, the fact that he's here to prove people wrong, it's great to see. So Mo Salah, keep it doing is. what you're doing. And Luis Diaz, uh, unfortunately, we had the news that both parents were kidnapped. Okay, that happened during this weekend. But the mother has been rescued. Fabrizio Romano has informed. We res We just. Re we need to now save our prayers for to see if. The father can be rescued too, but it's such a sad situation. Yeah. But good to see Diogo Jota mm. supporting his teammate and putting the shirt up, uh, showing support when he scores the goal. That's Diogo Jota. Absolutely. That's another one that's massively underrated. Mate, Liverpool yeah. have such a good team. But it's they because Mosala did stay too. But, you know, within those top four projections, uh, mm -hmm. there's somebody currently in the table right now. They, they might be fifth now, depending on recent results. Uh, but we, we got to give some love to Aston Villa right now. Mm. Uh, I mean, seven wins in ten. They're five points ahead, clear of Newcastle. They're sitting in fifth, I think, was the last time I saw it. Mm -hmm. They're top of their conference league group, so they're actually managing fairly well. Uh, a, a you know a dual campaign here um, and you've got Ollie Watkins he was the first player in the Premier League to reach five goals five assists so he's actually creating some sort of relationship with Musa Diaby who I don't think he's even scratched the surface of what he can do for Villa uh, this season um, you've got Douglas Louise that's probably one of the most informed and and still underrated midfielders in my opinion in the Premier League See the end uh, you've yeah. got yeah, and you've got Buba, and he's played a multitude of roles because he's also scoring goals for them. He's got five goals. He's their penalty kick taker, um, <laughs> and he's got three of those five. So they're getting it from all over the place. Um, and Again? you're doing this with obviously the normal Buendia injury, the normal Bailey is in and out of the lineup. Bubakar Kamara, who's a phenomenal signing, he's also somewhat off injured. You've got the, the wingbacks of Cash and Digne that on their best day, could be considered like top three, maybe top five fullbacks in the Premier League on their best day. But they've had a really rough run of kind of Both. getting in there and they're getting into form together. And we haven't even gone in and talked about Emiliano Martinez. We haven't talked about uh, John McGinn and his leadership. Um, so there is uh, just so much to be excited about here. Um, I don't know how long it will continue, but... Here I am again saying I would love to see it because Unai Emery has done – he has had magic. Yeah, and I didn't even mention their center backs right Minks, now. But this is what I was getting to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is what I was getting to. They have at least – and this is what United should work for. They have at least always, always looked at making Villa Park <laughs> yes. their fortress. Twelve, 12 home wins in a row they've already beaten their record right they do it every time they win again um and 34 goals alex scored over this run they've conceded only six and one of them was an own goal against luton town this past weekend and for the first time in over 100 years villa in their first five opening home fixtures have managed three goals scored plus every game they have scored four on average, a game in those five home games. And against That's Brighton I mean and West Ham. Exactly. Six against Brighton. Uh, th this is what I mean by at least go for the jugular mm -hmm. when you're at home. At least swing for the fences and fail gloriously. 
right? Completely. People, and, and I'm not trying to, you know, draw parallels to Villa and, and Manchester United at this moment, but it just feels like what United needs is they need somebody that's going to throw maybe a little caution to the wind because how much worse can it get? Right. <laughs> Give them what they've come for. This is Gladiator. This is Russell Crowe saying, are you not entertained? Where's Bruno Fernandez saying that to the crowd? Right. Mm. And Villa at least is giving their crowd because we're not even talking about their away record. But Villa is at least um, giving their fans their money's worth every time they show up. And at some point this will end. But they have a really wonderful cohesive unit. And, you know, Unai Emery's only been in charge a year. So it's it's I, I love it. I love the story. I don't think we've talked about him too much recently, mm-hmm. um, but good on oh, him because it's, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. And from what we said from Man United, Villa are full empowerment of Villa, Brighton, Newcastle. Showed to Man United that good transfers, good decision making has a vital impact on the pitch too, and the manager True. decisions of the Serbi, Unai Emery, and Eddie Howe, all three are to the T. Phenomenal ones. Unai Emery is the big reason why Villa can do a 6-1 win against Brighton. And the West Ham, I think it was 4-1-2. So those are elite results. And you said it. You said it. And six clean sheets in all those 12 games. Okay, so that is so that's massive in what is happening. But let us know down below what have we missed from the Premier League? Arsenal, Chelsea. They get uh, Chelsea. It's always used that they're losing, and Arsenal. It seems to be always used that they're winning. So let us know down below your comments about these clubs, what you're what you're thinking, and yes, let us know your 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 thoughts. And I'm sorry because you wrapped it up so nicely in a bow, Alex. I'm sorry, but I okay. Chelsea lost to Brentford, but we got to give a little respect to Thomas Frank for making Stamford Bridge his own personal playground. He has won. (laughs) He has won three times at Stamford Bridge. He has won the exact amount of times or the exact amount of home wins, I guess, uh, that Chelsea has over that time period as well, right? And he has found a way to continue. Uh, to win and and those people that think that they won on analytics or they think that they were more progressive or w- it doesn't matter because when all was said and done Brentford still you know walked out of there so it's it's what's the saying two steps forward one step back for Chelsea um, yeah. still was right Cole Palmer should continue to start mm-hmm. um, I think anyone can see that uh, and I'm gonna blame Cole Will I'm gonna blame Silva and I'm gonna blame Desasi for that opening goal. Um, but it's just good on you, Brentford, for figuring out how to continue to win at Stamford Bridge. And Thomas Frank, a guy that is probably never going to get the credit he deserves for what he has done for, well, a, a London-based team um, that probably will never be part of the top London-based teams. But as of right now, they no. are Chelsea's boogeyman. Never know. Unai Emery supposedly was never going to get the respect. He got it at Seville, Villarreal, and now he's getting it at True. Aston Villa. Thomas Frank could be yeah. could be having his best destination next. But let's, let's wait and see if it's going to happen. But yes, only Luton. They've only beaten Luton in their last six months at home in Stamford Bridge. And Brentford has beaten Oof. them twice in the same space of mm. time right now. Chelsea's biggest problem is a striker. Nico Jackson is not delivering. The goal aren't happening expected goals are there but no goals are actually going in so Fabrizio Romano has revealed striker priority in the next transfer window in 2024 January so OZ May news could be the case but let us know your thoughts down below about what is happening at Chelsea too because what a what an amazing start right there from Thomas Frank's Breton. Oh my days. <laughs> but yes, Ballon d'Or 
2023, Lionel Messi is going to win the 8th Ballon d'Or. Completely deserves it in my mind. And we see a lot of people saying, Erling Haaland deserves it too. It's, 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 a, it's, it's such a bold debate that's happening right now. But let us know in the comment section your thoughts about this one. Do you think Haaland should have won the Ballon d'Or? Do you agree that Messi wins it the 8th? What is your choice with all this? Bretton, how do you feel with it? <laughs> well, you know, I was one of the ones that was just so enamored with the record-breaking capacity of Erling Holland and mm -hmm. just taking the Premier League by storm and just uh, flattening it. Um, and I, I obviously I've come around. You know, I I know I know that what Messi and Argentina did. Uh, at the World Cup was simply incredible. Um, heck, mm -hmm. I, I relive it every day because my little three-year-old is obsessed with Messi and all he wants to do is watch that <laughs> World Cup highlight tape. Um, but it, it, it for me, I, I think Holland is he's young. He'll get his chances. He's probably up on that podium next year, the year after that, the year after that, uh, depending on the development of a few other stars. I'm podium sure winning talk about. it? Um, well, it, that's the thing is if... <laughs> And that's where I'm going with this, Alex, because if resetting the goal scoring record for the Premier League, widely considered the toughest, you know, league on the planet, if resetting that goal record um, doesn't win, uh, I don't know what what will for him. Mm. Um, it, it'll be scoring four goals in the Champions League final, I guess, uh, doing a, <laughs> a, another treble again, uh, going to Real Madrid um, and doing something different there I, don't think so. I think the only thing Erling Holland is guilty of mm. is something he could not control in the fact that it was a World Cup year that's it that's it and, and the I semi-final and Holland. the final in the Champions League that he could have scored well that's true but they still won <laughs> and I do does. agree he still did work he, he still he still had more than 60 goals I completely agree with what you're saying with that Unreal. but right now the top five of the Ballon d'Or my top five of the Ballon d'Or I think Messi's finishing first Haaland's finishing second. Kevin De Bruyne is finishing third. I think Mbappe is finishing fourth. The best player in the World Cup behind Messi. And I think fifth should be another City player that is Rodri. I think he's the most vital yeah. player of Man City next to De Bruyne and next to Haaland too. If he's not there, Man City doesn't tick the same way. And Vinny Jr. should be in the top 10 of the Ballon d'Or in any conversation, okay, right now. And next season... Because so, it's so obvious right now that Messi's winning this one. Next season, yeah. though, like, what, what Jude Bellingham's doing with 13 games, 13 goals, 3 assists. Jude Bellingham is in pole position right now, 2024 Ballon d'Or, to win it. Do you agree with yep. me? <laughs> I, I would definitely put him up there. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see any way around how you do that now, especially because also this is not a 20-year-old breaking out for Real Madrid. This is a 20-year-old making a very high-profile move to Real Madrid for quite a bit of money mm -hmm. um, and literally taking those uh, massive, the, the historic implications of joining a club uh, like Real Madrid and kind of wearing them as shoulder pads, mm -hmm. right? Instead of it weighing him down. And uh, on top of that, his stature for and his importance for England um, continues to to blow up in a great way, in a great way. So I I got to <laughs> say, yeah, um, definitely, he deserves to be there. Another guy I'm going to throw out there for early consideration, um, the Champions League is going to be a little bit tough for him and what France does uh, in the upcoming Euros, uh, but it's got to be Antoine, Antoine Griezmann. 
mm, um, for me. Mbappe, I know Kylian Mbappe is always yep. going to be a part of that. Yep, yep, yep. I got it. But Antoine Griezmann, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't know if Mbappe has the, the tournaments he has had for Les Bleus if it wasn't for Antoine Griezmann. Well said. I just, I well just said. don't know. Right. Um, I'd, so, uh, I'd say the same yeah. for Griezmann if he didn't have Mbappe. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think they help each other, though. I do agree with you, Bretson. Yeah. I don't think Mbappe would be a World Cup winner at 19 without Antoine Griezmann. I, I think that's a good take. I think it's a good take. But you're mentioning Mbappe. And look, mentioning Mbappe, I got. I'm going to say it. For me, Mbappe is the player next to Jude Bellingham that is dominating the world of football this season. In October, at least. Mm. Mbappe is the best player in international football. And the best player at club level is Jude Bellingham. So if both players next season are together... Real Madrid, mm-hmm. that, like, that's, the, that's the boldest chemistry possible <laughs> that, that can yeah. happen. And after the Euros, I do believe that will be an announcement that will be done. Maybe even before. Maybe even before but, not, to, not to not concentrate Mbappe in that competition. <laughs> but it, it, just one thing that blows me away, because any number of these players could take massive step up, steps up from um, mm-hmm. steps that they've already taken up this season. Every one of these players I'm going to mention um, are 20 or younger. Mm. Uh, Jude Bellingham, Gavi, Florian Wirtz, Jamal Musiala, Pedri, Eduardo Camavinga, uh, Xavi Simmons, even. He's the only one out of a massive major club, um, but he continues to take steps up. He might be the only one that might not need to be there. But but yeah, Jao Neves, exactly. (laughs) But Bellingham, Gavi, Wirtz, Musiala, Pedri, Camavinga... Any one of those guys could really start to glow up even more. I mean, for all we know, Kamavinga uh, winds up playing in midfield for France in the future or winds up uh, supplanting Teo, who continues to get injured every now mm-hmm. and again. I don't know. But it, there, are, there is just well, so, so much talent um, in this 20 and younger space. Uh, and that's before we even get to the flipping 17-year-olds that are making their way through. And we'll talk about them in, in the Golden Boy. But... Mm-hmm. I am just so enamored, um, and maybe it's because I don't play FM as much as I used to. Maybe I don't play, <laughs> what is it now, EAFC as much as I used to, or you know FIFA, um, but I am just so enamored with how much depth there is uh, and how quickly these professionals get professional. Um, it, it's, it's insane. It's true. It, it, if we're mentioning Kendry Paez, a 2007 boyfriend yeah. Independiente del Valle, already being bought Ooh. by Chelsea, and we're seeing him falling out for his national team at like 15. Mate, that is unreal to see. 16 right now. Sorry, 16 right now. But at 15, he was already being talked non-stop. But you're mentioning France, yeah. no doubt in my mind. France with Kylian Mbappe, captain at 24, with. 249 goal involvements at club level in two, 333, 32 appearances. This is the level mm-hmm. have the best future in football right now. The France midfield in the future with Chouameni, Kamavinga, what in Zaire Emery is the boldest yeah. I can think right now in international football. And I'm not even saying Teo Hernandez, one of the best left-backs in the world. Mike Magnan, one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Saliba, one of the best young centre-backs in the world. Griezmann and all this. Ousmane Dembele and all this. There's so many variables that makes this French team with Didier Deschamps a huge threat for the next eight well, years in football. They're going to always be at the top. Next to Portugal. <laughs> and, yeah, well, uh, next to Portugal. Well, uh, I, I have to, you know, I'm going to ask you, um, will Deschamps, with uh, Aurelien Chouamene 
news of uh, being out for the next couple months or so. Uh, that was just released uh, mm -hmm. by Real Madrid. Um, do you think he's bold enough to potentially give Zaire Emery a shot? I'm sorry, Thierry, right? Thierry Henry. No more captain, right a, a captain of under 21 going back to this national team. He's going to the senior team now. Where in wow. Zaire Emery is going to the senior team of the national team and he's not leaving anymore. Just like Jonevs mm. in the Portuguese national team. They've been called and they're not leaving because that's their talent. That's their level. They're at home. They're at home. They're at the highest level. Yeah. And that's where they deserve to be. And 117 and the other one 19. What in Zaire Emery is... I don't want to say what Mbappe needed to justify him leaving for Paris Saint-Germain. But what in Zaire Emery will make the Mbappe leaving to Real Madrid a bit more acceptable? Because he is the captain that is growing in that team. He's been there since he's eight years old. He's born in Paris. He believes in this project. And it's, there's a new identity in the PSG team. With Colomani, with Gonçal Rems, with Ugart, with Kangeli, great player. Barcola that had his first assist yeah. too. I believe in what PSG are building that is not a star driven team a potential driven team in the right roles with the right manager too that is Luis Enrique I like this team a lot of potential with PSG not just to dominate yep. but to be a threat in the Champions League with a united group but Kylian Mbappe oh. it's the last year and that's why that's why Breton we're mentioning Ballon d'Or 2024 Jude Bellingham is in <laughs> pole position but if Mbappe wins the Euros and PSG are like in the final of the Champions League, the discussion starts to be there. Because yeah. that ain't Real Madrid. And if he wins the Euros too, I think Kylian Mbappe can be widely seen as the best player in the world. And you can get that feeling with their win. They beat Remontada. He scored in the 89th minute against Brest mm. this weekend. Okay, He <laughs> had to appear when they needed, and Kylian Mbappé did that. And you get that feeling that he knows there's no more Cristiano Ronaldo, no more Messi in Europe. There's, a, there's an opportunity now to win the Ballon d'Or. You get Bellingham with that feeling, and you're starting to get Kylian Mbappé with it. And Hurling Haaland, that has two braces mm -hmm. now in his last two games too. So the future of football is... Whew, I'm excited. But if we had yeah. the top three, 2024, who'd you put? Mm. <laughs> Jude Bellingham oh, must Kylian Mbappé and yeah. Erling Haaland. No? Uh, because it's a Euros year. You're going to uh, put Harry I, Kane. I, I think, uh, oh gosh. No, I yeah, I I have not thought about this enough. <laughs> um, I really I really don't know. Come back to me on that one. Come back come back to me. But yeah, Bellingham obviously has forced his way in there. Um, mm -hmm. and I don't think anyone can argue and England, look at England, old. mate. England, great old. development yeah. that they've had in the last 10 years. And England right now, in the 2024 Ballon d'Or, I think they'll have two players in the top five, with Jude Bellingham and Harry Kane, that made the right transfer moves. Harry Kane, assisting 16 games, 17 goals, 8 assists for Bayern Munich. He's the first player in Europe's top five leagues to score 10 goals and have more than five assists. That is unreal yeah. what he's doing, justifying himself. Yeah. But I'm going to say it. And he's... Golden Boy yeah. winner, 2023, Jude Bellingham. And he's pole position for the yeah. Ballon d'Or. And the Golden Boy winner of 2024, I'm going to say my take. It hurts me not to say João Neves, but I'm going to say mm. Warren Zaid Emery that was the man of the match yeah. against Cesar Milan with two assists, a world-class display, and he's already got that starlight, that wonder kid. I'm that guy. I am that guy.
like Bellingham has. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, I, I would have to agree with you on this uh, just because he's already taking taking massive steps for PSG. Uh, but Laminia Mall is probably going to have mm. to be in there at some point too. Um, we'll Balde. just we'll see how he we'll see how he progresses. Uh, yeah, and Balde obviously will still be. Uh, I think he'll be, he'll be second enough, place. Right? Yeah, I think he'll be second yeah. place in the Golden Boy in 2023. But you mentioned but the, you mentioned football manager and all this and. For you people at home, if you don't know, Football Manager is not out. We're not sponsored by them, but we just want you guys to have fun and enjoy games. Football Manager is out. And it was interesting to see that the most bought players, top 10 most bought players, all wonder kids. And I was hyped to see a list of Football Manager's most bought most bought. Aye, Football Manager list of most bought. Aye, Football Manager list of most bought players includes number one valentin barco yep number two mm. nocto Hello. number three mm. antonio silva four rooney bargi the future of sweden nice number five mm. todibo that has at least the the defense that has conceded the less goals in europe's top five leagues patrick yeah, dorgu wonder kid manager it's true okay. francesky farioli uh patrick yep. dorgu in number six victor ozime okay he's not a wonder kid but number seven okay not <laughs> a wonder kid here number eight diomande Nine, Yasser Asprilla of Watford. Very good player, wow. South American. And number 10, yep. Martu Baturina. Remember Baturina, okay? Yeah, Phenomenal midfielder. So FM is helping the ball knowledge of many of their users. And this is a top 10 list that maybe a golden boy could be here. Antonio Silva's nominated yeah. for the golden boy. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, uh, Martin Baturina, is that his brother that plays in Liga Portugal? Mm-hmm. Isn't Rocco Batarina? Doesn't he play for? I think so. Um, yes. Somebody. <laughs> yeah. I. I don't. I think he's 23. I think that might be a brother of his. Could be a cousin. I don't know. But um, there are other names that you should definitely throw in there because I. I how is Prestiani not in there? How is uh, Claudio Echeverri or or Lenny Yoro? Lenny Yoro for Lille. Um, but it, listen, you already you mentioned a bunch of those guys. Mm-hmm. Some of them are. 17 or just turned 17 and that's the thing is when we're looking at golden boy i'm sure it's going to wind up being an 18 19 year old uh next season but these players right now are all 17 or younger alex lamin yamal george Alenakina, who plays for royal antwerp and just became the youngest person since romelu lukaku to score in back-to-back belgian pro league games you've got warren zaire emery You've got Kendry Paez, who will oh. eventually be at Chelsea, but right now is balling out for Independiente del Valle. You've got Lenny Yoro, who's a center back that has worked his way into a decent Lille squad in Ligon. Um, and I'd be surprised if he doesn't get a big, big move moving forward. You've got Endrick. You've got Gianluca Prestiani, who we talked oh. about. Ellie Krupi, who's already scoring goals in Ligon for Lorient and will be the next Lorient person to make a move. You've got Jorel Hato, who is possibly the only good thing, only good thing about Ajax right now, which we'll talk about in a second. And then you already mentioned the one. He's one of the top most bought on FM right now, and that's Rooney Bargi. Rooney Bargi is a Swede playing in Denmark um, who has like seven goals already on the season, and most of them are him being in a super sub role. So I talked about the quality of the 20-year-olds, but there are already 17-year-olds balling out for their first teams. For their first teams. It's insane. <laughs> Unreal. It's and insane. La Mina Mal, Barcelona. Barcelona yeah. and all mm. this. And you said the brother yeah. of Baturina. Yes, you're right. Rocco Baturina is a forward from Gilles Vicente. 
23 year old yeah. a youngster just yeah. like his brother so that could be an interesting story i know it's not jude and joe bellingham but baturinas no. they one of them is nominated for i think golden boy too baturinas so yeah. that is a, quite a good list of players so let us know down below what do you think who's going to win the golden boy in the future 2024 and the ballon d'or too in 2024 too it's always nice to see your predictions people but yes absolutely this is <laughs> nice to see that the NADVs it's no not nice to see for Ajax fans but the NADVs a title race it has been interesting to watch PSV right now right. 10 games 10 wins PSV right now with Luke De Jong, Ricardo Pepe on the bench. Pepe that balled out for Groningen in the past. And now he's just yep. an option. So they are stacked. And I think they're going to win the Eredivisie. Because momentum is with Eredivisie of Peter Bosch. I'm shocked that yeah. I'm saying that. Um, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, and there there are a lot of, of good young, or not young, but there are a lot of good progressive managers uh, within the Eredivisie. We all know Peter Bosch because he's had time elsewhere previously. He's not that young anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, but Arnie Slot is also not that young, but he's young in kind of managerial years. He'll probably get a big move uh, moving forward. And Feyenoord actually succumbed relatively recently uh, over, the, over the past weekend um, to FC Twent. Mm -hmm. And that shockingly, uh, if you go and you look at the Eredivisie race right now, um, FC Twan has only lost once this year, has only drawn once, and the rest of them are wins. Um, and they are being led by a Tico, a Costa Rican striker, Manfred Ugalde, who once fell out with the Costa Rican national team. I think he's still only 21 years old, and he's got a bunch of goals this season in the Eredivisie. Um, and then on top of that, you've got Azed Alkmar, who's up there as well. Oh, um, PSP... <laughs> My goodness, PSV is just too too much fun to watch um, right now. And they have threaded the needle perfectly of veteran status players, players that have already figured out the Eredivisie, like Luke de Jong, bringing back Chucky Lozano to the Eredivisie was smart. He scored a hat trick over the we weekend. Um, you've got, uh, uh, and then you've got, um, who else? Who's the other one? Joey Veerman, who is still mm -hmm. relatively young, but he has obviously already been, I don't know. I mean, he's he's too good for the Eredivisie right now. Okay? Um, but Gustil. But yeah, and Gustil, yes, bringing him back as well was incredibly smart. And then you uh, throw in there Noah uh, Lang. Serginho Des bringing him back. You throw in Noah Lang. There's just a lot um, to be very excited about. And then you have Johan Bakayoko, who will likely be the next person to make a massive it's... move from PSV Eindhoven. But 35 goals. We're, we were talking about at least giving your fans something to get up for every morning. Mm -hmm. um, and you can't argue with 35 goals in 10 games. 10 straight wins to start the season. Um, it's... And it's this... so much fun. So if you're not watching the Eredivisie right now, mm -hmm. um, even though Feyenoord lost, they're still in the Eredivisie race. Twent and uh, Zed Alkmaar are still in the race. You know who is not in the race that makes us so incredibly cringe it's right now? It's definitely Ajax that are last place it's, completely. It's, and going with what it's you said, 5-2 game from PSV against Ajax. And what we got to see with that game is two teams with two different realities with PSV and Ajax. PSV yeah. have the reality that they're the best and that they've done the right transfers. PSV have the reality that they're the worst in the other visa right now and they've been the worst 
in terms of decision-making with transfers. They couldn't leave so many reliable players like Kudus, like Tadic, like Lisandro Martinez. Just leave right. out of thin air. So many key players. That just can't happen. And Ajax right now are last place. They... Lose 5-2 to PSV. They've got 13 goals scored this season and 20 goal, 21 goals conceded. It's not going to be Carlos Forbes. It's not going to be Brian Brobby that will save your season. You can't just rely on all the youngsters. You need that mix. The veterans with experience that we've seen in the past with you guys. And now we're seeing yeah. with PSV. And it's interesting and, too. And, and, in that game of 5-2... Chucky Lozano scored a hat-trick. The Mexican forward is the pl first player since 2005 to score a hat-trick against Ajax 2. So that was a mad stat. And in the area of Visa is Chucky Lozano and Santiago Jimenez. Two forwards, yeah. two Mexican forwards that are dominating. And that's good for the L3 that need reasons to smile, okay? Santiago Jimenez is the best forward in Central America and North America, no doubt. Yeah, uh, and, and right now I'm, I'm building mental barriers um, for them to leave their goal scoring behind in the Eredivisie uh, because I don't want it coming anywhere near CONCACAF anytime soon. But you know what? We don't even have a qualifying leading up to this, so it's all about the... Um, Copa America. It's all about the Gold Cup. It's all about that good stuff that's going to be played uh, for in the future. Um, but yeah, the future is bright. For How much will Santiago Jimenez cost forwards. to a club? Well, they want they want no less than a hundred million, is what I I heard, and I don't know if that was tongue in cheek, but that is what was printed apparently. Um, I don't think you're going to get a hundred million, but then again, he's got what 15 goals in 10 games this season. He just played his first Champions League game and he scored two goals in it so um who the heck knows by the end of the season but that would break your division records like who needs a striker Real Madrid, chelsea maybe Zvinch without vlahovic yeah. atletico de madrid yeah. like yeah. they I, I i've seen them pay 100 million atletico so <laughs> I, 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 I see i thought San, santi santi going to la liga would make a whole lot of sense it's just a matter of where do you go atletico would be Great, but I don't. I just don't know in a setup that has hey. that still has Simeone. I don't. I don't see it necessarily happening. I Imagine mean, if Florentino uh, Perez manages to do this in the next summer. Okay, landing Mbappe, landing Santiago mm -hmm. Jimenez, and landing Alfonso mm -hmm. Davis next to Xabi Alonso. That that gives me those Ronaldo vibes. That gives me those presentations of I'm bringing up Galacticos when in the past summer he got Bellingham, he gets out of the Guler. They might go well. So hey, yeah. that's uh, some really well, good reasons to smile right there. But yeah, that Visa, that's where is. all the talent that we're mentioning is right there. So it's quite yeah, it's underrated. Great. And the Bundesliga well, title race, let's not forget. It's the yes. Visa title race and the Bundesliga title race that I'm hyped to watch every week. And Bayern Leverkusen mm. are leading it with all due respect. The best team uh, playing football forward, going forward, I think, with Xabi Alonso. Yeah. The total football, mm -hmm. the football that goes through every player that has to be technically confident and gifted, that's what you see with Bayern Leverkusen. And Florian right. Wirtz deserves to be in the talk of top under 23 this for what we're seeing this season in the Bundesliga. He might be the best. No, Jude Bellingham was the best under 23 youngster in the Bundesliga last season. I think Florian Wirtz is going to be the best under 23 
in Bundesliga this season. It might be Fringpong number se- uh, second place. <laughs> oh, it, it oh no, Xavi Simmons, state- sorry. Xavi Simmons. <laughs> oh, Xavi Simmons has been absolutely on fire, but Florian Wirtz has been blow for blow for him with him this past week. Um, and for those of you living under a rock, Florian Wirtz delivered a hat-trick of assists and a goal midweek. Uh, and then he just followed that up in a 2-1 Leverkusen win where he scored the goal and assisted uh, the winner. He's got 13 goal involvements, eight of those assists in 13 starts this season. And what what really impresses me, I mean, he's there's no doubt he's a wizard right now in Xabi Alonso's system. There's no doubt, right? Mm-hmm. But what really impresses me, Alex, is he has come back from ACL injury, right? True. He came back from major, major surgery and uh, he has not been back that long. It's, I think, 10 months that he's been back. And um, it's it's just so impressive. Um, and it really is so impressive how Xabi Alonso has maximized what he can get from the flanks, what he can get um, everywhere um, mm-hmm. in the pitch. And Leverkusen is definitely one of the most entertaining teams to watch in football right now. In fact... Could could we go as far to say that they are the most entertaining team to watch? Bayer Leverkusen. I think so. In, in Europa right League, now? in Europa yeah. League, there definitely are, and they're contenders to win it. It's between Liverpool, yeah, it's Leverkusen, and Roma. <laughs> I think mm. that's the case right now. And we're mentioning Leverkusen a lot, but RB Leipzig, they're without Chobaslai, without Nkunku, without Guardiola. No problem, RB Leipzig, because they have Xavi Simmons sure. on loans, on loan, and all. Pinda. Oh, Pinda that in the Bundesliga has eight goals and two assists. And Xavi Simmons in his last 12 games has four goals and seven assists. This is one of the best young duos to watch in football. And Xavi Simmons deserves that recognition because he is a baller with the quality that he has, in my view. Such a good player. Yeah, and that midweek, that was his, that was Xavi Simmons' first goal, first assist in the Champions League. Um, and an- another one where he could have written himself off. He could have gotten in his own head, but he always kept the confidence. Uh, went to PSV, played phenomenally, um, won the title. Uh, then he went to, uh, instead of going back to PSG, to actually go to RB Leipzig and walk his way into that 11, replace a guy like Nkunku, which is incredibly hard to do, and I know that's not necessarily like for like, and immediately set up another strike partnership uh, with a guy like Loa Zapenda. Um, yeah, I, you can't heap any more praise on a guy like Xavi Simmons and what he's what he's done. Um, so again, Florian Wirtz, 20 years old. Xavi Simmons, 20 years old. Those are the two we're going to be talking about likely all season. All season in the Bundesliga. Um, and and, and Jamal Musiala. Jamal Musiala. Exactly. Years old. Jamal Musiala and Bayern. Um, so it, and that Bayern win was the most wild win. It's the first time in Bundesliga history that there has been three ejections in the first half. Uh, and then Harry Kane goes and does that David Beckham uh, goodness where he fires a goal, his second goal of the day. He fires from his own half, and it was perfectly placed. And Harry Kane is loving life. In Munich, what can you say? The best player in the Bundesliga, no doubt, and the best transfer in the Bundesliga in the last three years, no doubt, too, for what he's doing, okay? Replacing Lewandowski. (laughs) 21 21 goal involvements in his his last 13 games. Um, It's unbelievable. He's already brought his season tally in the Bundesliga up to 12 goals. He's two, two below the guy that just set the record for the most goals 
ever in Bundesliga history in the first eight matches, and that's Serhu Gerasi uh, for um, Stuttgart, who unfortunately just picked up an injury. Oof. So it's basically going to be Harry Kane all day, every day from here on out uh, in the Bundesliga. 25 full you, involvements in 16 games. That's insane. That's insane. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you right now, they are facing Dortmund next, I believe, right? Uh, And uh, Harry Kane will be without Joshua Kimmich, will not be there But because he got that he got that red card. But Dortmund Frankfurt 2-2 didn't convince too much, at least until I was watching. So I think Bayern Munich could be getting yeah. the best out of that game. And in that 8-0 win against Darmstadt in the past weekend of Bayern Munich, we saw Manuel Neuer. The best goalkeeper Next. ever in the history of football. After a year, nearly a year, after November 2022, he is finally back. And at 37, we're going to see Manuel Neuer back at goalkeeper for Bayern Munich. And he could have yeah, a hand. And in a team that needed leadership in the past few seasons, in my view. They're still winning well, Bundesliga, I agree. But leadership was the problem, as it seems. And I think Nagelsmann and Neuer didn't have the best of relationships. It was like a goalkeeper yeah. and coach change, stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know him depth, but that could have been a reason why we didn't see too much of him. And even Sommer. I'd Sommer even left to Winter, and yeah. they're going to play Neuer now. Uh, I'd say where there's smoke, there's fire there. That goalkeeping coach, yeah, I'd say that had a lot to do with it, uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but that Bayern game was wild because Bayern was not winning. Um, it, it took I believe it was seven goals scored in 26 minutes in the second half, right? So they scored a goal, what, like every four minutes there, every three and a half minutes? Um, I mean, they basically Robert Lewandowski'd Darmstadt <laughs> without Robert Lewandowski on the pitch. So, uh, hey, the Bundesliga is also a very, very fun league to watch for us right now. We didn't really talk about the Serie A that much uh, because, unfortunately, we're filming this before the biggest games get done over the weekend. I believe Napoli, was it Napoli-Milan? But we can um, but we can mention we can mention in the next podcast sure. episode 130. Let let us know if yeah. you want to see this topic of who we think a refresh reset of who we think are the top four leaders in the Premier League, top four leaders in Serie A, La Liga and the Divisa, Primera Liga, and in the French League too. Let us know down below if you'd like to see a comment like this. And is there any last thing you want to mention in the podcast, Breton? Kendry Paez, oh, we mentioned. Oh, he's so good. Uh, two goals, relatively. I mean, he's just on fire, mm -hmm. and Chelsea fans are going to love him. Um, and I hope it continues because Independiente Del Valle, you're going to hear a couple more names come down the pike soon. Uh, but no, I'm going to end it on a little bit of a sour note. Um, I'm a little bit shocked to even look at this. But uh, go take a look at the Swiss Super League standings. You will find that FC Basel. This is FC Basel that uh, helped craft... Uh, Mo Salah, uh, Shakiri, mm -hmm. uh, Granit Xhaka. Um, Artur Cabral. See, who else? Artur Cabral. Uh, right now, within, I mean, more recently, who the heck did they do more recently? Um, I'm, of course, I'm missing where this is right now. Anyway, you take a look at that. Oh, Noah Okafor. Artur Cabral, we already mentioned. Zeki Amdouni, who moved to Burnley and has been a, a pretty good star for Switzerland so far. Anyway, Basel has won one game in 11. They are dead last by five points in the Super League. They have eight losses, 
and they just lost to the 10th place team, two above them, in the league, three zip over the weekend. I, I know we can sit here and be angry about Ajax. They're not going to get relegated this season. I know we can be worried about John Texter's Lyon, but they're probably not going to get relegated this season. Okay, Basel is the only team I can look at which has a insane production uh, of greats or of stars, I should say. You know, Akanji came from there. El Neni, who I know is beloved by Arsenal fans, even if he wasn't the best player or isn't the best player. But Basel has a very real possibility of a Swiss Super League giant going down, and um, that that that's going to shake things up quite a bit. Ooh. I know it's not going to shake things up for everybody, but us here at FC Wonder Kid, it it's blowing my mind right now, thinking of all the great players that have come from there um, only to see this happen. One game in 11. It's all One about perspective. Yeah. Young boys, they suffer goals and braces in the Champions League from Erling Haaland, but they ain't that bad. <laughs> they ain't that bad. No. It's all about perspective right now. Zurich and young boys, yeah. they're happy. And Basel are in the mud. Lyon are in the mud. Ajax are in the mud. And Chelsea, as it Crazy. seems, are in the mud too right now. But let us know your Ooh. thoughts down below in the comment section about episode 129. And thank you so much for, for listening until now to episode 129. And if you're listening until now, just like this this video and thank you so much for going bold another episode people